Hi everyone! Welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast, to episode 28. So this week, um, I was like, what am I going to talk about? I'm not really sure. And then I decided that I was going to talk about a trope that I like, um, because there's a book that I've recently read. Well, there's two books that I recently read that I feel like both this trope applies to them but i feel like one trope does a really fantastic job of exploring what what enemies to lovers can really be and the other it's just like very sort of surface um and of course like one is you know smaller harlequin books it's not as long and whatever but it just anyway those are i'm going to be talking about you know enemies to lovers and these two books that sort of you know showcase that for me if you hear like lots of like sort of loud pop pops and stuff like that uh as fireworks because you know that is the new normal at nighttime in new york city just fireworks all the time every night um monday through friday saturday and sunday too um so you know just just disregard the pops disregard the booms the the, the the, the, the sizzles and um <laughs> oh my god one of them did just sound like it was sizzling weird anyway so for so the enemies to lovers trope and some of you might be like enemies to lovers trope like that skirt skirt what do you mean so um enemies to lovers as a trope is this concept of like two people who do not like each other when we meet them right it could be that when we meet them, they meet each other and dislike each other from sight. It could be that when we meet them, they've known each other for years and can't stand the sight of each other. Um, but it's two people, two characters who do not get along, who do not like each other. And yet things happen and their things change and they end up falling in love. And so it, I think it's a fascinating concept. I mean, if you're like, oh, like, what's a visual? I, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that movie with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, like, we're talking about, uh, well, actually, no, I take that back. Because technically, they marry each other and don't know that they are, you know, opposing assassins who then have to kill each other. I forgot about that. Um, okay, think of Romeo and Juliet but like if it had a happy ending right like but technically they don't hate each other their families hate each other but sometimes enemies to lovers can also be that you belong to you you're each from a family where there's some sort of feud or some sort of a huge tension between the two and so you have preconceived notions of this other individual and then part of the conflict is figuring out like you figure out early on that you are crazy about this person but now you have to sort of deal with all the craziness involving your family who you know obviously don't have the same feelings because they're just like die motherfuckers die um so it's an i think it's an um i think why i also enjoy the concept of enemies to lovers is that i mean none of us are perfect right we all have flaws we all do things say things that can be awful shitty mean cruel um we can be you know downright just not great and yet people by having right people fall in love with people who are you know 
quote unquote just awful it means that like you know there is that that hope that you too can have someone love you even though your flaws <laughs> may be enormous and um quite quite terrible i mean there are certain things that you know like I'm not one of those people who's going to be like, oh my god, I can't wait for an enemy to lovers. So it's like one person on one side of a genocide and the person on the other. No, no, n- no. I don't want that. Um, I don't want, no, no. The answer is no. Always. <laughs> uh, when I mean enemy to lovers, I, I, that's no. I think on a, you know, that is too much of an extreme for me. I can't get behind that. There may be people who can. There may be people out there who are like, no, Esther, I don't mind that. Cool. I'm happy for you that that's, that you're cool with that. But I, that's where I, I draw the line. Um, But in the two books that I sort of wanted to talk about today, because I felt like they touch on this trope. Uh, but do it very differently and the end result of course is then very different um it, the, the first book is holds me by courtney milan um it is a the second book i believe in the cyclone series and the other book is the tycoon's pregnant mistress by maya banks which i think has been retitled as just the mistress by maya banks um but it's the the, the book is the, the same as just the title that has changed um and so w- both books, right, have two characters who don't like each other. Um, and okay, the Maya Banks book, that's a little bit. Okay, I'll start with the Maya Banks book, right? And you're probably like, why? Because I went through. Um, and it's also the smaller book, so it's probably like, easier. It's a Harlequin, it's, you know, not, not as long. So. In the tycoon's pregnant mistress, I get, okay, I said it was enemies to lovers, and it's, like, kind of not really, now that I'm thinking about it. So, our two main characters, uh, crap, what's his name? And remember the man's last name, Anatakis. Chrysander, that's it. I was like, well, remember your last name, Chrysander Anatakis, right? Who is like a Greek hotel magnet because, of course, he is. Um, and then there's Marley Jameson. Now, Marley and Chrysander have a relationship. She tells him that she's pregnant. He free no, she doesn't tell him no. She asks him a question about their relationship. Like he's just come home. And something happens and then he freaks out and believes that she has betrayed him and sold his the designs that him and his brothers have worked on for the hotel empire that they have. She believe he believes that she has sold it to his competitors and he throws her out and immediately after that she's kidnapped. Cool. Fast forward, I think like two months or whatever, because it's it's a it's a hot minute before or maybe it's like two weeks. No, it's it's no, it's a while because she's like now noticeably pregnant when they find her. Um, they find her again, but she has amnesia and has no idea that he threw her out on the street because, you know, he believed that she betrayed him. Of course, he doesn't have amnesia, so he's just kind of like, okay, so she's pregnant with my kid, but 
she's a terrible person because look at what she did to me and my brothers, right? And so I guess in my head, I think of it as kind of an enemies to lovers because she obviously previous to losing her amnesia would be like, this motherfucker just threw me out on the street. Um, Of course, she doesn't know any of this. So most of the book is her, you know, obviously falling in love with him or no because he's like i'm your fiance so her trying to figure out like okay i barely i don't remember this man and dealing with all of his like back and forth and his like you know um what's the word oh because he's very hot and cold it's like he has feelings for her but then he remembers her betrayal i'm saying that in air quotes and then he's like oh no i need to be cold because she's She's just, you know, here to hurt me and my brothers. And, and long story short, it turns out that his, like, psycho... His his assistant um, is actually the woman who sold the plans and then planted that on the, the girlfriend because basically she wants them for herself and just assumed that this would happen. And when the kidnappers had sent the ransom demand to the office she made sure that he never saw them so when the girlfriend does remember she's like wow you couldn't even like spare half a million dollars because i think that's what the kidnappers wanted 500k to release her and he never responded and of course she eventually remembers that and she's like so you just hated me that much so i guess it's not truly truly an enemy to lovers but for some reason in my mind i'm like it kind of is because like you know when she remembers she's like i don't want to be anywhere near this man like he doesn't believe he he wouldn't he refused to lift a finger to save me of course the reality or not the reality of course the whole concept is that like no it's not that chrysander is that cruel of a man it's that he didn't know because his assistant is a horrible horrible person now here's the thing what would have made this interesting is what if chrysander had ignored the you know ransom demands what if he had thought because the author could have gone down the route that chrysander thought the ransom demands was just the girlfriend trying to get more money out of him after he kicked her out because she betrayed him so technically you could have the author could have done that and could have gone down that road and then of course when they have to reconcile she's like you're trash and he's like oh you tried to extort me for money and stole from me and she's looking at him like nah i didn't but that's not what she did instead she decided that the person who would be at fault would be the girlfriend and i think part or the sorry the assistant and i think part of the reason for that is when both characters if both characters are really 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 awful to each other then it is really really hard to want to root for them to be together right because if you're so awful and cruel to this person how how do either one of you move past that cruelty how do either one of you or both of you move past you know because when we say that there are things that you cannot take back, there are things that you cannot take back when said. That is a reality. I mean, granted, romance novels are an escape, you know, duh. But like there are certain things where it's like, oh, whoa, 
well once you go there is there really a way to sort of be like but like now that i love you it's fine right everything's perfect because you know lovesies i don't know if that's possible and i think that when there are enemies to lovers where they've gone that far it is really 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 hard to believe in their you know hea or hf hea or hfn i was like what is what is you're like what are those acronyms for i'm like happily ever after or happily for now um it is really hard to believe now i say this but there is a book that i feel like i don't think like goes to the point of being like completely utterly cruel but i feel like this she did something that i'm like whoa okay so you're like what okay so courtney malone's hold me right i'd never read this um i'd only actually uh before this book read courtney's historicals uh so i had you know i mean i know that she's an awesome writer so i was like oh cool and i think someone had mentioned it i think on twitter and i was like hmm and then i saw it in the library and it was available and i was like oh let me let me pick this up um and i've read it now i was gonna say once but like technically i started looking for quotes for this episode pretty much sat there and reread most of it all over again um so this book right um and if you haven't read it i'm kind of gonna spoil it a little bit we've got two characters um in this book and our two characters maria and jay are two people who when they first meet they're that sort you know how we talk about meet cutes right both in romance and like romance you know romantic movies rom-coms the meet cute right that moment where the two characters they're the two people who are gonna fall in love meet and it's a adorable and it's cute you know we talk about it happening in coffee shops and grocery stores the post office you know at waiting for the bus stop on the train all of that shit that is not what happens (laughs) this is not a meet cute um this is very much a meet ew or no okay ew is not the right word more of like a meet like damn rude how dare you moment because Maria and Jay meet and Jay immediately makes assumptions based on her appearance. And I say it makes assumptions because based on her appearance, he assumes the, the level of her intelligence, the level of her understanding. He, she is his f- friend's sister. So they have, they meet and then they have dinner because the brother was like oh like we're all having dinner together and that that dinner proceeds to even make more assumptions based on the conversation she has with her brother she he doesn't know her right he knows her brother gabe this is his first time meeting maria he knows nothing about her and yet he makes assumptions about who she is as an individual almost solely exclusively based on how she looks now this is rooted in the fact that in his past he has baggage that he has not dealt with that is directly tied to quote-unquote a pretty girl 
So Jay is is a grown man who is still reacting to pretty women based on what happened in his past. Maria, right, is this, you know, woman who meets Jay and isn't surprised that he makes assumptions about her based on her appearance. She knows that people have been doing that her whole life. And she sort of is like, okay, cool. You're just another man who once again thinks that because I like wearing high heels and know how to do a smoky eye that I can't possibly know anything about anything. And this isn't a surprise to her because she's also, in her case, her baggage is dealing with the fact that her parents threw her out of the house at 12 because she was came out to them as transgender and her parents refused to accept the reality of who their child was because to them their child was what they wanted to see a boy and she was like that is not who I am and so we've got these two characters right and like the interactions between Maria and Jay are there's it's weird because there's like witty banter right because they're both really smart but it's also like when really smart people go after each other like you can really cut the knife right without you know resorting to vulgarity or profanity now the flip side of all of this something that we as the reader i feel like understand early on and something that these two characters don't know is that they do know each other virtually. They have been communicating, Marie and Jay have been communicating for almost two years, if not two years, through her online blog. She runs a blog, he comments on it, and because of it, they talk or they chat, text on, you know, uh, assimilated chatting app so think of i'm trying to think of what like imagine if you just communicated with someone through instagram dms or something like that like there was just like a chat service like a chat box service that you could communicate with someone so in that world jay is actual physicist and maria is m and a which stands for actual physicist and m get along and talk and have known each other and when we meet them so when we meet both maria and jay in the book right maria and jay have never met m and a are probably are at the point where not only have they met and known each other but they have been flirting long enough that they've gone to a point where it's like well what if this became real what if we met in real life what if we took this from the virtual world to the real world so we've got we don't have horror characters right we have two but we're seeing two sides of each character we're seeing what how they interact with each other in real life as they meet for the first time and as things progress based on the way that they met and then we've got their sort of virtual selves who have known each other for much longer and so are at a very different point in, you know, I guess you could say courtship, right? 
So we've got Maria and Jay are just meeting and dealing with all the bullshit of that. M and A have known each other now for almost two years. They're in a very different place emotionally than Maria and Jay are. So you're probably like, so is this an enemy celebrity? I I mean, I yes, it is because Maria and Jay do not like each other, and they sweat they snipe at each other and jay says things and of course maria picks up the gauntlet and and you know comes back at him because she isn't the kind of character who's like oh my god he said something mean and so i'm gonna go sit in the corner and cry she's like oh oh you're gonna say that well i'm gonna say this oh you're gonna call me out for that well i'm gonna say call you out for this oh you think you're so smart well let me prove to you how you're not there is this back and forth between the two of them that it's very clear that you know she's not gonna back down because he you know is smarter or whatever because he isn't and she knows that he is making ridiculous assumptions based off of her appearance and she's over that and she is enjoying on some level sticking it to him being like this man doesn't know anything because he you know makes these ridiculous assumptions um and so there is so all of this happens and then of course the moment comes when the truth comes out and the truth is them finding out that they know each other online and have known each other online this whole time and so what i think is really interesting is is that they have really bad there's one of the experiences that they have is that they have a really sort of back and forth argument um and it's maria her brother jay and his co-worker or i don't know if she's like a graduate student whatever she works with him and the girl her name is rachel leaves and after you know he's like oh i need to apologize to you because i think it's in that moment like when they're working at that point that he realizes that maria is smart isn't just like like she does understand math and she's just like your problem is that you should have you shouldn't just respect me because I'm smart and no math. Like you, I, everyone deserves respect regardless of whether or not like they are at your level in, you know. And so he realizes that even though this entire time he's thought that he's been some great guy who's all about feminism, he has is starting. That I think is where he starts to understand that the way he acts with women who are really pretty is a problem that he is making not just assumptions but the way that he is treating women um and so he reaches out to M right because of course he has no idea he just interacted with Maria and it's kind of like because he reaches out to M because he wants M to be like you're not a bad guy like you made a mistake and M's kind of like nah if you fucked up sit with that own it and ask yourself why you did that then do better and so when the revelation finally comes, at first he doesn't want to tell her because literally the night before he was spilling his guts out to her as a, and now it's like, wait, this woman who I don't, you know, really get along with in real life is the woman I'm basically madly in love with online. And his first thought is like, well, if I don't say anything to her, then she won't know. But then he realizes that if he doesn't want to be the person who hurts her, then he has to be honest. 
Because if he lies, obviously, she will be hurt because the truth will come out. And A, I appreciated the fact that even though this was a romance novel, he was very clear. He understood that the truth would, you know, come out. He wasn't like... Because I feel like if this had been a soap opera, he would have been like, nah, I'm not going to tell her. And tried to ride, you know, the secrecy wave until it blew up in his face. And I would have been watching like, but you should have known. Like, I'm t- but what you fool so i really appreciated that courtney milan wasn't like oh yeah he's just gonna pretend that he doesn't actually know who she really like who she is and he was honest and so one of the things that i think is really fascinating is we've seen maria and jay be pretty shitty to each other they've said some things to each other that is like whoa that's that's not something you say to someone who you respect or you care about but the flip side is you're both if not in love with each other on the verge on the verge or at least your you know virtual alter egos are so now what now how do you navigate that how do you get from a place where this person who online means so much to you is has the face and is the person who in real life has been such a dick how do you get past that and that i think for me is where this book shines 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 sorry i had to had to do that to y'all um because at no point is Jay like, oh, okay, she just has to forgive me. She just has to forgive me. I, I, I'm going to just, she has to forgive me. Jay is very much like, I'm going to have to tell the truth. I'm going to lose her. And that's what I get for being the kind of man I was. For being the kind of man who said and did the things I did. That is my punishment for being that kind of an individual. And to me, that was so well done. That he wasn't like, I have to hold on to her and convince her that she just needs to, you know, basically forget how awful I was. And just forget that and just love me. He was like... If I had not been that person who refused to see what was in front of my face, we could have had a chance. could have had a shot. But I had to go and be ignorant in this. These are the consequences of that ignorance. And for me, that I think that that is so important because... He's acknowledging that he could have been a better person and that the fact that he wasn't is costing him something. And at no point does he try to make Maria feel guilty or make it seem like she has to give him a chance no matter what. He's very much like, if she chooses to speak to me, that would be amazing. 
But if she chooses to never speak to me again, then I accept that. And I have to live my life with that regret and try to be better. Now, there are... I don't want you guys to think like, oh, he said like some really like foul, foul shit that like you can't come back from. But like when they literally just first meet, right? She's knocked on the door to his office because her brother was like, meet here. My friend's going to be there. You can, you know, I'm running a bit late because that's, you know, the thing. Her brother is never on time. Jay has opened the door, doesn't bother to really find out who she is, just immediately assumes things and he goes he says something that i was like damn you an ass he goes let me make this easy i'm looking for three sigma students not people who arrive two hours late who interrupt a perfectly good discussion with my postdoc and who stare at me like they're deer losing brain cells in headlights there's no point wasting each other's time now here's the thing he's assumed that she is trying to be one of his students that she shows up late and is completely unprepared and is you know just a foolish little girl and the reason we you know we realize this later and now that i've sort of almost basically reread it twice it's that as as soon as he saw that she was really really pretty immediately his mind at no point did he think oh, this could be anybody else. It was like, boom, these are my blinders. This is what I think when I encounter ridiculously pretty women, which I'm like, damn, I mean. So now we fast forward and it's like, he still doesn't know that Maria is M, but he's realizing that she's really smart and whatever. And his he, he thinks... We could have been friends, and instead, I hurt her. I have an image of the person I want to be, and this is not him. And I really liked the fact that he was, like, taking that moment to be like, this is not the kind of man I want to be. This is not the kind of person I want to be. Someone who hurts people for no good reason right because it's not like he was lashing out at her because she did something awful to him she doesn't know her she didn't know him and yet he he lashed out and treated her in a way that you know like what another thing that i think is really really well done about this book is some of the banter and the way that they talk to each other using science um, but still not in a way where I'm like, oh, I don't understand. It's like, no, even for me, a non-sciencey person at all, it's, it's, I get it. And at one point she tells him, she texts him when she still doesn't know, they still don't know that they know each other. Uh, but as an alter ego, she needs to get out of a date and she needs someone to emergency text her. Oh, wow. Look, it's the fire department. Come to make noise. Awesome sauce. All right maybe i'll pause here oh wait they went away yay because sometimes they're like coming right to my house i feel like you guys can hear these fireworks boo so sorry guys um but you know like i said it's it's the new normal here in new york um but one of the this line made me laugh 
because he goes, there's been an emergency Chihuahua invasion in the left reactor. We need you to call in the alligator squad stat. Here's the thing. If I had texted a friend being like, I need you to text me that there's an emergency and you text me, text me that I'm, I'm going to like cackle and fall out of my chair and die. And the date is going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this bitch? I mean, which would also like get me out of the date because they'd be like, psycho, cray cray, don't lie. But like what? And it's just like there's all of these like sort of zingers throughout that I'm like, I love this so much. Um, and then when he realizes, right, that he, Maria is M and M is Maria, he has two things that he says that I was like, ooh, that I think can also apply to us, all of us readers in general, in, you know, when we make the mistakes of not really seeing people and instead seeing what we want to see and one of them the first line is i couldn't see past the bullshit i'd made up about her to see her in the first place so he couldn't even see past that bullshit to see her right because he immediately thought like you know this chick from my past maria is the same and what that means is you don't act he doesn't actually see who maria is and what she is like he's just almost it's like you superimpose the knowledge that you have of this person from your past onto all these people in the present and by doing so completely miss those people and then he a few sentences later he says i failed to see her on every conceivable level how do i admit that and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that you know that you didn't see her. And it, I think it's just Courtney Milan did such a fantastic job of showing us these two characters who were so crappy to each other uh, when he's trying to tell her in his own trying to figure out like he's trying to tell her uh do actually we do know each other and all this um he says something like um we get along really well and she's like are you crazy and then she goes i know the difference between arguing for fun and arguing because someone doesn't respect me and uh, it really comes down to the fact that because he thought she wasn't smart because of her appearance he didn't respect her he did not respect her and so he treated her as someone not worthy of his respect as someone who he just was someone who didn't warrant respect at all and again this is a romance how do we get past that how do we root for two characters when we've had these characters come at each other in ways that feel very hurtful and painful and what courtney milan does is that we know because both M and A have talked about their backstory that their reasons for being the way that they are are not, you know, stemming from them just being like narcissistic psychopaths. They stem from, you know, real tragedy and trauma 
that they are technically are I mean Jay hasn't really worked through his issues we see Jay working through his issues on the page with what happened in his past uh and we find out that Maria has gone to therapy um but yet there's it's still very clear that even with the fact that she's gone to therapy she still has a lot to work through so we then get to see Maria and Jay figure out okay the person that I've been falling in love with for two years online is also a person that I've known for less than I believe at this point it's been six months when they find out who they are in real life who's been shitty to me what do you do do you just give up on the fact that what you know the person that you knew online means so much to you because the person that you know in real life is is shitty but you do know but you can then start to put together you know put the pieces together and realize oh they're shitty in real life for these reasons that they told me uh you know online and so we get to see them work through what they've done and said to each other right jay realizes that you know there isn't anything he can say to make up for his behavior all he can do is change his behavior and hope that over time maria understands that he has worked hard to change to be a better man and that if she chooses never to be with him he will still want to be you know a better man he writes he writes her a letter and in it he says you're important enough that even if there is no when if there is no what and there is no longer a me in your life i'm going to do better and to me this sticks out because in this letter he's saying um one of the it mentions is like the fact that like the letter is so different from like them chatting because there is no read receipt right <laughs> there are no read receipts with physical letters you have to hope that they arrive he hands it to her so he doesn't have to worry about that but he has to hope that she reads it right for all he knows she could be really angry and just rip it up burn it throw it away there is no way for him to know that she has read what he has written and I think that for him, it's the he is acknowledging in that letter that even if she makes the decision that she doesn't want anything to do with him, that she's not interested in someone who in real life could be the way that he has been with her, he is going to use what happened between them as a lesson to be a better man. He's not just going to let that happen to him and then act like and then not learn anything from it and then just sort of be like well you know i'm still trash let me keep being trash oops i guess i was trash he's like nah even if you never want me in your life again i'm going to do my best to be a better man for you right not because i think that by doing so you'll finally choose me or fall in love with me but because if not what what was the i the nothing was learned from all of this um and i think that that is something that i don't know that we always see in enemies to lovers but i wish we did more of and so if you're you're if you're like oh i haven't read this you have to read this book 
you have to read this book and then when you've read it i think you'll want to read it again it's really well done it feels like such a good romance in that we get conflict and we get two characters who deal with so many different aspects of their lives right um and we get you know fascinating sort of peek into what it is what is it what happens when you have people in your life who are so crappy and then like then they're not crappy or 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 how you see them changes i don't know i think it was so 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 well done um and it is such a fantastic book and so yes hold me by christina wow i almost said christina million because my brain is is fried i'm gonna blame the fireworks that didn't let me sleep last night on that i meant to say hold me by courtney milan courtney milan now christina milan she's a singer and i yeah yeah anyway 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 you guys are gonna really really want to read this one um feel like i had another quote from this that i was like oh my god this is uh oh and then this was another one that made me laugh out loud that's what you get for not being prepared to engage in mortal combat at the drop of a napkin you can't defend against a takeover of the realm like that and i'm like it's so nerdy and funny and i love that i love that it's like they're they're such nerds right i mean they flirted with statistics what who does that nerds and i love it um so yeah this one was really it it was a book that i was like oh i'm gonna like this because people are talking about it and it's like people that i follow on twitter that i you know i'm like i always am like oh their recommendations are gonna be good and then it was it exceeded every expectation I could have had. And I feel like it'll probably be a book that I pick up once in a while, you know, that I'm probably going to purchase because it's just so, so good in, in that, like I said, we have this sort of enemy to lovers that's so different in some ways from what I've seen before, but so see i'm like i mean what other words can i say then well done and good and that sounds like food it's well done like a burger it's medium rare like prime steak um it's like the filet mignon <laughs> i was gonna be like it's like lobster um <laughs> Because I, you know, because lobster is supposed to be quality. I, I mean, now, because at one point, apparently we wouldn't even feed it to prisoners because it was considered like the brat of the sea. But that's a whole other story. But yes, this was, you know, sort of me talking about. And I think through, you know, in the coming weeks, not every, like, I don't know what next week's episode will be about. But I am going to talk from time to time about tropes that I was like, yo and like it'll be books where i'll be like this book really sort of exemplified the trope to me or showcase the trope in a way that 
I wasn't expecting, but like absolutely adored and loved. Um, so yeah. I don't think I have anything else for you guys this week. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I've been rewatching, not rewatching. I've been watching Golden Girls because I never watched it um, before, even though I'm old, whatever. Um, and really, really, really fun show. I really enjoy it. Um, I want all of their outfits. Like, I literally, well, maybe not Sophia's clothes. Those are, li- those are actually, those are old. Those are old lady. But rose's outfits blanche's outfits dorothy's outfits like i i want all of their wardrobes um what else have i been doing i mean book reading has been a bit hard i mean between the heat the fireworks the you know never-ending fear of this pandemic the uncertainty of life yeah it can be a little difficult i'm gonna try to look for some more novellas because i feel like maybe some shorter books or maybe like you know read some some harlequins you know just just read things that are a little bit a little bit shorter a little bit shorter um that might help and for you know books that are a little bit bigger that's just gonna take longer you know books that before might have taken me three or four days to read might now take me two weeks and that's okay right if you're here and you're taking a long time to read books that's okay right what are we gonna rush for let's take one day one day at a time um oh i will say this um so rom book pod is doing jenkins july right so the whole month is about beverly jenkins if you haven't read any beverly jenkins she has a magnificent backlist and you will have books to read for a very long time she is um an author that the first time i saw one of her historicals i was i looked at the cover and i was like that's a black person in in a historical this exists and then i was and all of them have been absolutely absolutely fantastic so definitely check out the episode um because they asked they talked to miss beverly jenkins they ask her a bunch of questions she recommends a bunch of books um and it is just you you'll really enjoy the episode and then the most recent episode of shelf love the podcast uh with the one with katrina jackson where they're talking about lucy eden's uh novella okay i'm sure that some people are gonna be like esther really but every time i listen to andrea martucci and katrina jackson talk i'm like this is so fucking cool and can i be a fly on the wall party fucking please and like yeah it's a podcast so like i'm getting to listen to it but like if i could like one day when it's not dangerous for us to meet in person be able to just like sit at a table with these two women and listen to them talk because they talk and i'm just like oh oh that point is awesome oh that point is brilliant oh 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 my god this is so good so yes you want to listen to that shelf love um episode and the rom book pod episode because they're so they're uh, both episodes i think just felt comforting and 
right now things that are comforting are fucking fucking awesome guys fucking awesome we all want comfort we're all looking for comfort comfort right now because you know i mean you might be like no esther i'm looking to be uncomfortable okay fine cool awesome still listen to the episodes you never know you never know what you might learn you might learn things i mean you will because you will um but yeah i think that's it so those two podcasts those two podcast episodes you should listen to uh if you're watching golden girls tell me if you haven't ever seen it join me um and yeah like i said courtney milan's hold me it is so well done so well done so well done and i i'm so happy that this book exists that courtney wrote it and then shared it with us right because like i feel like there are people out there who might be like i wrote this but i ain't ain't nobody ever gonna see this but me but she wrote it and then she you know shared it with us and we are all lucky enough to be able to read it and bask in its awesomeness yup yeah okay uh that's pretty much all i've got for you guys um i realized that this is just like one long episode because i didn't like stop or pause sorry so sorry you'll be fine i mean you know you can pause whenever you want on whatever it is you're listening so you'll be okay right yeah right 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 all right um have a wonderful week seriously stay hydrated because it is hot as fuck out there and like dehydration leads to headaches and just like bad skin and all kinds all kinds of things um take the time to do one thing this week that just just makes gives you like joy like unfettered joy right just take the time this week one thing right whether it is watching a silly movie, video, whatever, whatever it is, dancing like no one's watching, um, eating the one thing that you've been craving, something that just makes, fills you with like joy. Because I feel like sometimes we get really bogged down in the, you know, basics about life and we don't do things that are joyful for ourselves we sometimes set things up for others right we do that for those who we love but do it for you okay all right then i will see you guys you know next week